Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, there's our favorite return on WIP these days. The new afternoon show is coming, including Spike Eskin shortly. He's going to join us right now to talk about all things Sixers and a big topic conversation on the afternoon show this week with Jack. And, of course, with, like, let's welcome on Spike Eskin, who we await his return here. But we've heard him a couple times on WIP the last couple weeks as he gets set to join the afternoon show. Spike, it is Groundhog Day in uh, so many ways here on WIP. Spike, how you doing today? Spike. Hey, yo, what up, Joe and Hugh? I, I heard that return during the uh, during the afternoon show the other day, and I texted Jack and I. I was like, I didn't approve that. Who's uh, What's going on over there? Who's using my voice without permission? Everything has to go has to be run through me before it gets on the air. Is that is we? You is, still got that kind of pool? It still works that no. way. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I gotta learn. That's a lesson I gotta learn. Well, well we now know a little bit. At least we know it wasn't you because we we opened up an investigation on this show to figure out whose fault that was. We assume it's Jack's doing, not yours. Yeah, you could assume that Jack is responsible for anything that goes wrong over there, I think. And that has happened, it seems like, this week once or twice. So. Yeah, Jack, Jack is having a hell of a year so <laughs> yeah. far. And it's, they, we ain't even that far into the year. But, but Spike, you know, you're, you are the biggest Sixers fan I know. So I'm, I'm curious, how did you feel when you heard about Joel Embiid's injury? Uh, well, so as soon as he left the court against Golden State, I sort of expected this. I expected this exact sort of injury. And the reason I expected it is because the same exact thing happens every single year. And I am disappointed for him, you know, because I, this is obviously a huge impediment to him, to, to his not only his season, but his legacy and the conversation around him. And he's been the best sixer best sixers player of my lifetime that i've watched uh, at least in terms of his peak so it's sad in that way that not only it ruins this year but it brings into question as it always does the rest of his career uh, i'm sad for us as fans that we had a, a season that felt better than many seasons have over the last several years and that the you know the ceiling of this season is now in question. Uh, and I think overall, I'm frustrated and curious with both Joel and the organization and how they handle all of these things, because this is now sort of the third regime that has been in charge when he's been there. And we seem to have the same issues in terms of communication, in terms of injury management every time. So you wonder exactly 
why that is. So that was a long answer, but I had a lot of feelings. Yeah, I think everyone has, Spike. And, and the last thing you hit makes, and it's made me today, and uh, we opened the show with this, start to wonder if it's time to try something new here. Because it, it feels like we're probably going to do a thing where he's out for five or six weeks, he puts a brace on, he tries to ramp back up, and we see what he's got in the playoffs. And we know we usually know how that ends. So I, I wonder if it's time to just take a big-picture approach. Like, if it means shutting him down for the entire season to hope he's closer to 100% next year, and then they could try to improve the team around him. I'm okay with that. What do you think they should do? Obviously, we don't know the full diagnosis and their plan, but I, I, I'm getting tired of let's just try and cross our fingers and hope for the best because that never seems to lead to a good outcome for him or the team. Yeah, I, I agree on the rest of this year. We know exactly what's going to happen here. Unless we get some sort of surprise announcement that he's having surgery and he's out for the year, what is going to happen is he will be back at some point in March. He will have moments where he looks good. He will have moments where he doesn't look good. He'll grab at his knee all the time. They'll go into a playoff series where it's better to have him on the court than not, but he isn't himself. He'll miss two games in the middle of the series, and then ultimately they'll lose in the first or second round. I, I think we have an exact script of what's going to happen the rest of the year. I think the problem, I would agree that a new approach is necessary. I think there are two things standing in the way of that. One is that not only do I not, not know what that approach is, that approach may have to be very, very different than anyone's ever seen before. Sort of in the way that when Kawhi went to Toronto, he was just like, I'm not playing back-to-backs. And they made that commitment for the year. And they went into it knowing this guy is not playing one back-to-back. That's what's going to happen. Now, he's, he is this year. He didn't that year. But, but it was at least an out-of-the-box idea. So the first problem is I don't know what that is. And the second problem is, is that – and I think this is, this is part of why we keep ending up here – is that we don't know how he feels or how he wants to handle this or his receptiveness – to those plans because my guess is is that part of the issue that has been happening is that he is not receptive to that plan for one reason or another because he doesn't like when people talk about him injured because because the conversation around him is always kind of annoying and I could imagine it being frustrating for him but but you have to think back to even when even when he had the the, the meniscus tear in 2017 he went he tore the tore it against Portland and then a week later, he came back against Houston, went down again, and didn't play the rest of the year. Well, why did that happen? At the time, we blamed the team, but here we are again looking at the same thing, wondering if it's just him that is determining these things without taking any feedback, and that would be a real problem. It would. Spike Eskin joining us here talking about the Joel Embiid situation. Or Spike, there's, there's actually a third villain we could throw in here now, at least for some people. So dun, we have dun, dun. Joel to blame. You could blame him in the past or now. The team, Chris. their doctors. Well, Jack's part of it. But right. what about the NBA, Spike? Because I've seen that a lot. And Jack actually the other day was, was on this idea that you know, the NBA is partially to blame here. They changed the rules, 65 games to you know win awards and all that kind of stuff or all NBA. And it's, it's kind of pushed players, not just Joel, but any player, to play when maybe they shouldn't play. What do you make of let's blame the NBA now when this happens? We live in a culture where nobody wants to take personal responsibility for anything they do, wants to blame somebody else, wants a rule that's going to fix everything for anyone. If he has to play 65 games to win MVP and he has decided that the playoffs are more important than MVP, then Joel Embiid and the team have to decide not to play in a game. That's it. 
like that that's all i i'm sick of hearing that this rule is you can't get pulled over for speeding if you're driving 85 and say that the problem is that the speed limit isn't high enough the speed limit is the speed limit you are the one who has to decide whether you're going to drive above it or you're going to drive within it Everyone knows the rule. The rule was clear. And, and by the way, everyone was using games played as a metric for awards beforehand. They were just applying it however they felt like it rather than having this specific rule. The only thing I would change is that I do not think that any of these awards, all NBA, should be tied to salary. I think the NBA sort of over-legislates individual player salary. Give the team a salary cap. Tell them what, they, what it is and let them pay whoever, whatever they want to whoever they want. Don't, don't give extra bonuses for all NBA. Say, here's the salary cap. You, you pay everybody what you want to pay and stop setting up all these stupid rules. So I, would, I would take away from that, but I, but I don't want to hear that it's not fair that he can't win the NBA, he can't win the MVP if he didn't play 65 games, and that's why he played on an injured knee. The same reason, I don't want to hear that it's the fans' fault for crying about him not playing. I don't want to hear that it's the media's fault for doing it. They are adults. It is a billion-dollar franchise. It is a player who will make $500 million in his career. Everyone is a grown-up. He's 30 years old now. He's 29 years old. He's in his prime. Everyone can make adult decisions about their careers. We all make decisions about you know, finances, short-term and long-term, and all those things. Every human has to make these decisions. They have to, too. Triggered him a little bit there. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sick of everybody <laughs> whining about like it being somebody else's fault. They they had the ability to play or not play. Nobody made him play, you know. And and the Sixers should be ashamed of themselves leaking that stuff to the Athletic that oh we saw in his eyes that the only reason he wanted to play was because of all the the bad publicity. Then talk to him. <laughs> then everyone have a conversation about why they're making these choices. Don't just blame fans and blame the media. Yeah, it's almost like. Some- some adults are saying, man, why can't he be an adult? Well, you be the adult. And so, someone's got to stand up and be an adult. All right, Spike, speaking of tough decisions, Daryl Morey has some to make. We're less than a week from the deadline here. Uh, with what we know and what we can guess about the Embiid stuff, how do you think he should and how do you think he will maybe approach this? Because this is, this is the first time in a while they've they've had choices. You know, they don't, they're not really all in. They could go all in. They could move Tobias' expiring contract, the picks they got for Harden. Or they could kind of just wait and see what the summer brings. What do you think here with the deadline? I think the only difference is is that if you are doing a sort of all-in move, you have to – it has to be – and I think he would have made this decision anyway. I don't think he would have traded all three picks for a player who he didn't think was going to be here next year. So I think if you are – if you are if you're doing that kind of move, you have to be sure that it goes beyond this year. Though I think he was going to do that anyway, and I do think it sort of changes the decision of do we spend one first round pick on a player who might just be here this year, lowering our ability to truly go in this summer, go all in this summer. I think a lot will de- will be determined when we hear how they're handling Embiid, right? Because if if he's going to be out for three months or something, then I think you, you have to keep the powder dry, as they say. I think you have to keep everything. But if it's one of those things where he's going to be back in six weeks, it's just like if this is the way it's going to be every year, you might as well give it a shot this year too. All right, Spike, before we uh, we let you go, what's your thought? I'm sure you've heard a lot and you've probably talked to them about it or you've seen the reaction here. Jack had an idea on the afternoon show a couple days ago. I thought an interesting one. Trade A.J. Brown for one of the best corners in the NFL. 
and it became a whole big thing here. Uh, what to do? What do you think about the latest? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jack Fritz controversy here, Spike. I was just saying that everybody needs to grow up. Everybody needs to grow up and relax. All the guy did was say, I've been listening to WIP my whole life. Fake trades are a cornerstone of what, of what we do on WIP, of what we talk about when we talk about sports. All the guy did was say, would you trade AJ, AJ Brown for Patrick Sertain? If the answer is no, say no. If the answer is yes, say yes. But the complete meltdown from everyone, crybabies on, on the Internet, on callers, Members of WIP, some who may or may not be related to me, no more crying. <laughs> I, I'm going to do fake trades as soon as I get back there. I'm gonna, if they're going to upset people this much, I'm going to do them every hour if they bother people this much. And then the only other thing is, Joe, you remember this. You weren't, you weren't in town. I remember when Carson was there, Wentz, and Elliot, I think, wrote an article about here's how they could trade Carson Wentz. And everyone freaked out. Impossible. Too much dead money could never happen. He's he's the the you know the uh, was a second place in the MVP three years ago. Blah 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 blah. And then three months later, what happened? They traded him. So if you think they're not going to trade AJ Brown, that's fine. But to have this like temper tantrum that the guy suggested it is it it shows me that Philadelphia is getting softer than I remember. Ooh. And I think that just needs to change. Ooh. We need to fix that. Every once in a while, you need a good Soto for Harper conversation or Sertain for Brown. I mean, it, yeah. it just, I think it gets the wheels turning for people. Then I think, I actually think Spike, it's healthy for everyone. We, we need to help everyone be healthy around here. And if Jack, if you think Jack's idea is stupid, tell him his idea is stupid. But, but the, just the, the endless crying and, and we got to protect Jack. Let's admit, we all know he's a little sensitive. So I think we got to stand up and make sure that, you know, make sure he shows up for work the next day. Ironically, as you say, Jack is sensitive. The last time we brought up the return with your voice in it, he walked in here like 10 minutes later and said it wasn't his fault. So yes, <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, we'll protect him. And he, he had a good idea on that one. Spike, thank you for hopping in and we're looking forward to having you back here soon. All right, look forward to seeing you guys. See there you we go, Spike Eskin, defending his guy, Jack. And and as we have this week as well, Jack's idea was not crazy. You would go crazy. A.J. Brown for Sertain is crazy? No, I thought it was a little crazy. 
In terms of what? The value for the players? Or the no, guy? I mean, I, I, I just don't want to trade AJ. No, no. No, I, but I know, Jack, well, his, you, his you idea did, was valid. You did and didn't uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't waffling. I, I was oh, being wild. Here we go. By the way, I caught a stray for this one yesterday. As you should. I shouldn't have caught a stray. <laughs> I know the high-pitched voice, that's what kind of threw you off yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying, I'm being logical. Two, two first-round draft picks. Which is no nobody's gonna give me for him. If you give me that, I have to take. I gotta take of that. Of course you do. Uh, but that's not gonna happen. Uh, I'll be logical. AJ Brown for Patrick Dertain is asinine. No, it's a it's a great trade. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It no. makes the Eagles worse next year. I disagree. Why? I don't Why? Even know what this offense is gonna be uh, next yeah, come year. Come on, man. AJ Brown is it's easier well, to find competent wide receivers than competent corners. Look at the league. Since when? What the league right but, now? Okay, for the Eagles though. Yeah, all right, but they can. Fu- <laughs> but they're out there. Like if I say to you, "There's a bunch of stuff out there. There's three of that, and there's fifteen of that." You say, "What's harder to find?" Well, there's one that's three. You can get a competent Chad corner. Got traded for Clinton Portis, right? Yeah, so that doesn't that give Jack's idea life? No, no, no. Listen, really. wait, wait, hold on. It Corners was two are... star players, offense and defense. They were traded for each other in their prime. That's what he said. Yeah, I mean, but one of them. Well, I guess you're talking about in the prime, in the prime, yeah. in the moment. But not it was, that was looked at as became. a very fair trade. Yeah, that that's okay, actually I got a. Gr- I I'm gonna tell Jack to bring that back up. I don't I don't care about Clinton Portis or any of that. Yeah, like, that oh, bad, first that of all, bad on my part. come on, man. Yeah, for, <laughs> wide receiver is just especially now way way more impactful than a starting cornerback. I, so. I can get Steven Nelson back there, and if he can cover a guy, it's only one guy on the defense that, that's doing his thing. A.J. Brown can literally walk into the end zone and get you six points. A.J. beat up a lot he of does. corners this yeah. year, too. He beat up a lot of Yeah, corners. but okay, but as a wide receiver, you need the quarterback to be playing well, otherwise you're irrelevant. Okay, so yeah. what? So, but, Do we, so you, now is this a Jalen problem no, for you? Well, no, I'm, what I'm saying is down the stretch of the season, we had this guy, that, oh, A.J. Brown, and it didn't matter. If we get Patrick Sertain, maybe we cover the, the best corner or the best wide receiver on the other team. What th- That doesn't mean that the offense isn't going to score 30 points on you. our defense Let, still. A.J. Brown can literally get you points. Let's all agree on this. No. Trade, fake trades are fun, oh, and the oh, idea well, of the they get people going is, though they do get well, people it, going. I, I agree with Spike. And I, folks get all up in there. And I feelings. agree with Jack. The, the, the like when you talk to your friends, when you send a text, your, your group text, like would you would you make that trade? That's fun. Every, we do have to relax as a fan base with the idea of would you trade that guy for that guy? I think it's fun. Well, you did say he was untouchable, and then you said well, two first I, round picks. He is untouchable, but, but if, untouchable means you're not allowed to touch. Yeah, him. but if, yeah, two two first round. But that means it's touchable. I'm just saying, bro. There ain't nobody giving me two first round checks. Well, as long as you set a bar high, someone reaches that bar, you got to move on. <laughs> yeah, All right. then I look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 215-592-949. Let's get back to the phones here. Your phone calls on Embiid. Here's where I'm at. If you just hopped in, <clears throat> excuse me, we appreciate Spike joining us to give us a perspective on this. Here, where I'm at on Embiid is he's hurt. He's always hurt. This is a constant problem. Usually he comes back in the playoffs, puts a brace on, and we unfortunately know how this ends. So I'm willing and ready to do a totally different approach here. Totally different approach. I am willing to shut him down completely 100% out. If that means surgery, we'll see you next year. If it means a long rehab, we'll see you next year. I'm willing to punt the season, and I'll go into next year with cap space to get another player along with Embiid and Maxi, and maybe a new plan to get this guy healthy. For you, before we go back to the phones, I thought it was interesting. Spike brought up the idea of maybe moving forward. It's time for a new idea of how to keep him healthy, like the Kawhi thing or yeah. something more concrete. Because doesn't it feel like it's like, hey, he's, he's kind of banged up. Maybe he'll play tonight. Maybe he won't. That's not a plan. No, it's not. You need to, you need to go into this and say, hey, Joel, you're going to play tonight or you're not going to play yep. tonight. 
And I think that that's how we have to do it moving forward, gauge his, his uh, health at the end of every game. Because I think at this point, it, we just have to concede the fact that he's not going to be healthy. Like, there's going to be times where he's going to get injured. And that's unfortunate, but that's, I think that's kind of the path that we're on right now. And so we have to come, to come up with a better plan to help keep him ready for the playoffs. So I actually think it's – so you said, you know, kind of every night make a decision or every other night make a decision. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think next year they should make a, a big-picture decision. I mean, you guys have said to me seeding doesn't matter, right? Like, just get in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't be upset. Would you guys be upset if next year they just come out and say he's only playing 50 games? They'll still make the playoffs. Maxi, and they add another player, they'll be a playoff team. I just think there has to be something different than it's, – it's almost like we're banging our head against the wall every year and expecting it not to hurt. It hurts. My head hurts watching this thing play no, out every it's year. it's tough. And I, and I can't imagine what every Sixers fan is feeling right now, especially when you wake up. You, it's almost like, oh, this again. Here Rattle, we go. Rattle, you know what I mean? It's, it's like this again. But I think in, instead of feeling that way, we, we move our thinking just a little bit and say, okay, we have the best player in the NBA. We just need to figure out how to keep him healthy and get him ready for the playoffs. And I think that it's also exciting that we have a budding, a budding all-star in Tyrese Maxey. Now, it, it, this is all predicated on what this diagnosis is as far as his knee is concerned. But if, he, if they tell me if I give him, say, two months health, if, if he can get ready to go in two months, I'll take that, and, I'll, and I, will, I will coach accordingly with that information. And then I will also go out in, in, at the trade deadline and get a player according to how, or maybe two. Maybe I have to get somebody that can, can take some of this slack off of Joel a little bit. And then go that route. But that's what I would do. But I would definitely take a chance this year and try to make it happen. Yeah, I'm willing to punt this year. Hugh wants to take a chance and get him back on the court when he can. Luke is in Philadelphia. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Thanks for taking the call. You got it, Luke, man. We appreciate it. What are you thinking today? I'm thinking that I'm, I'm leaning towards not shutting Embiid down and bringing him back for the playoffs. And I think the reason being is it just goes beyond what he can do scoring the basketball. I think just having his presence on the court affects the opposing defense so much. He garners so much attention and really opens it up for these other guys on the team. And I just think having him out there is going to make life easier for Maxi for these guys like Melton and, you know, any of the wing bench guys who can really kind of replace the offense that, you know, Embiid might be losing. Like, we can, we don't need Embiid to score 40 for this team to be good. We can say, hey, Embiid, you know, go get your 20. And then, hey, Maxi, we need you to take 10 more shots. Harris, we need you to be a 20-point guy. And I just think having him on the court, even if he's not at full strength, can really positively impact the team and, and you know, maybe let us do a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, Luke, it reminds me of the way you framed it of the good moments in the playoffs last year, like when they won game five in Boston. And I don't, if I'm, my memory serves, he didn't score that much, but he made big defensive plays. Harden scored a bunch of points. You know, and obviously Maxie could kind of take that, that mantle this year and be the point scorer. But, like, you can – you can envision playoff wins they get with a diminished show. Because we saw it, you know, a couple times last year before it went bad. Yeah, definitely. And then on the defensive end, too, I mean, if you think of who we got at center, we got Paul Reed and Mubamba. And when you put those guys against Giannis or Pam or any of these guys who might be in the first round, I mean, they're going to eat our lunch. So I think just having his presence kind of anchor the defense, too, in the lane, you know, even if he's not, again, at 100%, it just makes a huge difference. He does. I mean, that's it's part of why he's been such a great player, and we appreciate Luke because he could play both ends. He could do that. He could play defense. If Joel is out there, we know they have a better chance than if he's not out there. Definitely. I'm just at the point where I, 
I'm you're just tired. Of, you're just tired. Of, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, I just I want to think big picture. I, if I thought they could win the title this year with him, I might feel differently. I just don't feel like they're a championship team this year. So I'm like, maybe next year's a better shot, a better chance to keep him healthy, a smarter plan rather than like, hey, Joel, you playing tonight? Mm. That's not a plan. I mean, that's <laughs> what is that? It's like it's like asking a kid, do you want ice cream for dinner or you want real food? What are they going to tell they you? Say it's better to ask for uh Forgiveness, forgiveness than permission. Yeah. So that's probably how you have to handle Joel. Joel, guess you're 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 out tonight. You're you're a scratch. You're right. a healthy scratch. You're you're playing 50 games next season yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, I I don't I don't have the plan. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. We'll have our official doctor of the midday show, Doctor Bob, joining us in the one o'clock hour. Be to... Interesting to see what Doc say about this. Yeah, I, I haven't talked to him in a while. Doctor Bob feels like he will have a plan for the Sixers, a plan for Joel to get this thing. Back on the right track. We'll talk to Dr. Bob coming up a little bit. 215-592-9494. We'll keep the Joel Embiid discussion going with your phone calls. Would you punt the season and get Embiid fully healthy moving forward? Dr. Bob later in the show. When we come back, we'll mix the Eagles into the conversation. Interesting stuff from Chris Long's podcast on what to expect from Kellen Moore and a Kellen Moore-led offense. And now we officially, officially have every head coaching position in the NFL filled the staffs are being filled do we uh we feel better about how the Eagles did this whole thing we'll discuss it 215-592-9494 it's the midday show on sports radio 94 WIP we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 